Hey, welcome to the Sacramental Charismatic. I am your host, Luke Geardy. I'm a pastor theologian in Northern California, uh, pastor of Vineyard Church, along with my wife. And um, just really want to welcome you to the podcast. Thanks for listening. You know, part of the podcast's goals, uh, I think I started the podcast actually when when COVID-19 kind of started. And the original intention behind the podcast was to have a space to be able to interact, engage, think, um, talk to people about the intersection between sacramental theology or sacramentality, uh, pneumatology, ecclesiology, missiology, just some of the things I'm really uh, fascinated by, I'm learning about. Um, so it's obviously a theology nerd uh, podcast. Um, and so I uh, just want to welcome all of you for listening. I uh, really appreciate it. And if you could take the time to like, follow, and subscribe uh, to my social media, that'd be great. In fact, uh, if you're on YouTube, please subscribe and hit the bell so you get a notification. I have um, conversations coming out somewhat on a regular basis now. I've got a bunch of stuff also that's exclusive to YouTube in relation to John Wim. Uh, In fact, this coming Wednesday, I'm going to be having a podcast uh, come out that is with Bob Fulton. Um, It's going to be just on YouTube. It won't be on any of the other uh, audio uh, spots you can get this uh, this podcast at. But but also leave a review. It really helps. Um, You know, leaving a review helps let other people know about what's going on. But uh, anyway, we're going to jump into the topic for today's podcast with my guest. Um, But before we do that, you know, it's Black History Month. It's uh, today is February 1st, 2021. And uh, my friend Ramon, who uh, who you just um, saw a podcast on recently, um, he is uh, he had a great idea, actually, a brilliant idea. He suggested that I have uh, him on, and we've been trying to get him on for a while. And he said, hey, why don't we do it for Black History Month? And I was like, man, that's a great idea. Uh, in fact, I thought having Black voices on for the entire month of February um, would be great, and not just in February. I want to be very clear about that. I appreciate the perspectives of people of color all the time. And I'm hoping to get more female, more people of color on the podcast as well. Uh, but I thought it'd be great to do that for this month to both celebrate Black voices and to honor Black voices and to have Black voices um, just share from from their lives. And um, so I'm super pumped because today um, we are going to have a podcast guest um, who is very famous, uh, needs no introduction. Uh, but I figured, hey, we're having Black History Month. Why not go back to the motherland? Uh, we're going to go back to Africa. So I am having on my good friend, Edgar King. Uh, Edgar, you are a pastor, a worship leader, and you are in Kenya. Welcome. Hey, thank you, Luke. Uh, yeah, I am, I'm a pastor uh, of a church in Nakuru, Kenya. Uh, uh, but actually, not a, actually, it's Nakuru. You need to say it more. Uh, dude, Nakuru. dude. No, no, no. The U's are O's, not O sounds. Uh-huh. Nakuru. <laughs> Listen, we taught you the, the few words of Swahili you know. I know. Hey, I know. <laughs> I, you've seen my Swahili. Uh, by the way, uh, to all yes, of and I've been very. Edgar and I have not only hung out in the U.S., but we've also been in Kenya together. And in this I've very been, house, yeah. Uh, yes, and I've ridden yeah. motorcycles with him, and I. 
<laughs> yeah, literally the scariest ever. The scariest thing ever. But yeah, uh, yeah. So you're you're in Nakuru, and yes. uh, you've been pastoring for a while. Maybe if, just for anybody who might not know you, uh, in the vineyard, there's a lot of people who know you because at the 2015, uh, yeah, 2015 yeah. Uh, global conference, which had people from all over the world, you led worship um, music on one of the sets and became an instant rock star in the vineyard because you had these really dope dreads and you um you know i didn't have dreads at that time actually no they were dreads they were dreads <laughs> you don't know what dreads look like hey, we can't talk about hair until we get into that you don't have you don't have any right now i'm like disappointed but you but you led worship everybody loved yeah. it it was it was it was dope uh, really and then, uh, yeah. And then you and I, uh, I went, I was over there for your guys' national conference and spoke at yeah. one of your conferences and you and I mm -hmm. did the motorcycle thing and we're hanging out with your tortoises and we're going to get into <laughs> like what you do and where you are, but like, let's just for our listeners, let us know a little bit more about you, what you're passionate about. What are some of the things that, that people who don't know you, you would say, Hey, these are important things for you to know about me in yeah. order to really yeah. kind of get you. Yeah. Um, well, I, I wanted to start by saying um, I'm not a theology nerd. <laughs> so I, I guess I, uh, all those who listen to this podcast who are not can can resonate too. It's like we love, you know, there's those of us who love theology but didn't didn't waste a lot of money and time. No, no, <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> Why? Why? You don't have to worry about money and time. The only person who watches this or listens to this podcast is my mom. So I mean, it's not like you have a huge audience. So my mom and I are really interested to know more about you. Okay. Well, so yeah, I'm um uh yeah, been been pastoring for a while. My I think a, a bit of my story well starts oh, oh, I, I almost want to go into that uh, thing uh, with with at least for most people it's common with with uh, the how the Hebrew families used to act. You know, your story doesn't begin yeah. until your dad dies. So I guess my story starts with my my parents. My dad was a uh, um, one of the first pastors of the uh, of the vineyard here in Kenya. Uh, so he planted one of the first vineyard churches. So I kind of grew up around that he would carry me to all uh the vineyard trainings and vineyard meetings so i often when i'm speaking i i i tell parents be careful when you carry your kids to the conferences you have no idea who you're turning into pastors and what whatnot um <clears throat> yeah and uh maybe significant to my story even in the season i'm in now uh is uh my my mom was not supposed to have me uh, she had had uh, a, a bit of trouble with 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 the pregnancies before and the doctor advised that she shouldn't have another pregnancy but anyway so when she got pregnant with me uh she uh she went into a prayer meeting and just saying god i'd I'd like to keep this one and maybe even have him come early because the ones that she could keep went on a little longer than they should have. Medicine wasn't as good as it is nowadays, um, at least medical excess. And so, so in that prayer meeting is where she got my name King. Uh, partly it, 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 there is someone in the family called that, but but for her, it was prophetic. Uh, and so when I was trans 
transitioning to be lead pastor, my mom of the church I lead now, my mom wrote a letter saying, um, you know, that this one has been serving from the womb. So anyway, so my my birth was not meant to happen and it, all those kind of things. Um, my mom prayed over me when I was still uh, just in her womb. Mm. And then my dad, as a lead pastor, just would carry me around wherever he was going. I, I was his last son, so I mm. think he kind of liked me. Yeah. I think he still <laughs> does. Should, yeah, shout out to all praying moms, right? I mean, yes. that's that's. I just shared yeah. on Monday that it's a miracle my mom didn't kill me. Uh, <laughs> when, I, yeah. when, I, when I did it. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? She still does uh, to this day. I think uh, my my parents really, really respect me. And so anyway, so that's just a bit of my personal story. And I, I often said, I was saying this last week, my heart is definitely influenced by my mom and my leadership is definitely influenced by my dad and among other things, right? So anyway, so then uh, grew up with with heavy influences of of vineyard worship and i i used to feel like we own that stuff you know you walk around uh, any store or any church and they're singing vineyard worship because that's our song <laughs> uh and so i wanted to be a worship leader and i also wanted to be a doctor and i didn't know that you could do both uh but then I dropped that doctor dream when I felt like they don't talk too much and I just want to keep talking anyway. May I, I Maybe I like the sound of my voice, but not on recordings. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so then um, started leading worship around uh, the vineyard church my dad was pastoring mm. and uh, had a an amazing experience with the Holy Spirit uh, at a vineyard conference in 2003 so we had some great worship leaders come out and i was just go i you know it's just it's like you've you, i've always been to church but that was different you know and and the the entire worship team that had gone for this conference went back transformed like it's it's like when you taste when you taste something and now you know it's out there you want it. You always want it. And so that's been cool. Uh, so led, led worship a, a lot more and then got into a bit of pastoring when I was uh, in college. So I was an associate pastor to different vineyard church in Nairobi, the capital of our country. Yeah. And right around that time is when uh, when I was finishing college is when the church I am leading now is being planted. It was being planted to intentionally be uh, a cross-cultural community for, for cultural misfits. You know, if, if, if you've lived around the world or if you're coming from a different part of the world and, you know, you're in Kenya and it's like, do I fit in? Do I not fit in? We wanted to create a community that, that says, Hey, y'all misfits have a home. <clears throat> ah, and anyway, so at that at that uh, at that point, um, I think two years in, I became lead lead pastor. 
a story that we might get into maybe. Uh, but then, so something interesting in the in the last few weeks, and one of the reasons I do like your podcast is, so not the last few weeks, in the last few years, is has been the conversation that you actually have here. It's like, what's the place of um, liturgy, tradition, and sacraments in 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 yeah uh, in our churches? Uh, <clears throat> I think. Uh, this this yeah like do you so i think we both kind of have a similar story in our uh we grew up in the vineyard you know like yeah yeah we're 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 for better or worse we're products of this movement you know so i blame them Uh, (laughs) but like you know part of my story was um you know the sacraments um sacramental theology in general liturgy was like completely absent from my experience in the early vineyard you know like i didn't even Mm -hmm. i mean it just was not even on my radar and i I know that you know there's been like some really good historical theological studies behind it and i've written some papers about how part of that's probably due to the quaker influence um, Mm -hmm. from john wimber early vineyard but but uh is that is that been kind of your experience over in in kenya as well um yeah yeah oh yeah certainly and i think so in Kenya, at least, because that's my mostly my my context. I wouldn't say it's just a vineyard thing. It's like mm. un- unless you're in the in the high churches, m- most churches are almost I wouldn't say absent of liturgy because you know all of it is. It's it's a question yeah, of yeah. We how just it's don't yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just don't. Yeah. Uh, but those there's a place that uh, for well thought out. Uh, liturgy, maybe a bit of tradition, and even, and even, I, I would say that this was the first uh, vineyard church. Oh no, I think even the Nairobi one that that um, had had regular sharing of the Lord's table. Mm. And so the Nairobi one was probably once a, once a month. Here we do it every week. And you know, some people go, well, isn't that a bit too much? Or should we be, should we even be having it? Or should it be wine or juice? Or is is it right to have tea? You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and and something cool is that I've I've even at some point even just been experimenting with uh, with call and response prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 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 uh, uh, and. I think this year I will be trying uh, even leading the community through Lecture Divina, you know, just because a lot of people don't even encounter scripture outside of church. Yeah, or or like in 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 church gatherings, it's always during the sermon. That like that's yes, yes, yeah. And I'll you know if I'm doing a a sermon, I'm probably just going to do read four verses. You know, so w- where do we give people the opportunity to actually practice this? Uh, so, it, so it's a, it, that's that's been part of my my journey in the last few, just maybe mm. two years now. Just going, how do we? Because I, I I love the vineyard. I, I I love I love our heritage, and I also just acknowledge the the richness of. Mm-hmm of you know some of the things that i didn't see around yeah well let, yeah. let's talk about that a little bit um you know <clears throat> I, I think um i've i think it's really easy to um like for myself at least it's really easy to assume that a lot of folks have already kind of been along that journey and they're already at the point where they're like 
Eucharist matters and all that stuff. But, you know, um, to kind of flesh that out, not just for vineyard folks, I think um, people who come from a more Pentecostal charismatic background, we a lot of us share this similar, um, you know, re somewhat recent, because I think when you study the early charismatic and Pentecostal voices, many of them, you know, Eucharist um, and baptism and all these different sacramental things were very important. You know, uh, mm. there's a couple really good books on that. But for yeah. our, our movement. Well, you would know. <laughs> Yeah, but for our for, for our experience, um, yeah. it's been less of that, right? Like we, it yeah. just seems like it's been less center. So, but you just said, you know, it's not that charismatics don't have liturgy, right? Um, yeah. I because I I remember hearing that early on, you know, when I started exploring liturgical practices and mm -hmm. you know, charismatics were like, well, then you're going to lose the spontaneous, you know, prophetic, yeah. you know, Holy Spirit yeah. next up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I was like, it was fascinating to me because I remember I was like, well, I just want to point out that every single Sunday, our services literally have the same order. We have yes. fast songs. We have two fast yeah. songs. We have a slow song. And then we have like the slow, um, you know, we, we have the two fast songs, one medium song. And then we have the slow, <laughs> the song. slow and that, song. And that yeah. is when like the Holy Spirit would automatically always do things. Like every single that's, time there's always charismatic stuff. That's when we should cry. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I found out uh, in, in my undergrad that there's yeah. actually a chord that you worship leaders have a certain chord <laughs> you play it, and it, uh, yeah, and it uh, pleases the Lord. It does. It does. It's it's called a G chord. A, yeah. A, a, oh, sorry, it's called a G a, a Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Well, that, there you go. Uh, but I mean, when you think about that, it's yeah. like you start to you start to realize that okay, we all have liturgies, you know, yeah. we all have a, an order of service. Uh, and even yeah. in, early in the vineyard, it's funny. I've talked to, you know, Carol Wimber, Bob Fulton, um, all these folks who were there in the very beginning. They all will say, yeah, John Wimber had orders of service back when everybody thought it was charismatic, spontaneous. <laughs> yeah, life, yeah. You know, like they yeah. had plans, yeah. you know. And so, yes. you know, I think what we've kind of discovered is that is that having some intentionality with how we design our orders of service yeah, yeah. can actually help move people toward encountering God transformation in yeah. a little bit more uh, intentional, intentional way, maybe would be the yes. way uh, we think yeah. about it. But also yeah. um, it seems like what we're, what we've kind of come to the place of is understanding, yeah, the role of formation in worship, you know, because yes. I, what I love about you, is that you don't see worship as just music, you know, like as a pastor who also leads music, you understand like worships, everything that we're doing. Yeah. So like unpack that for us. Like you, you started pastoring this church. That's um, it is diverse. I mean, like I went to your, your, you had like some, I don't know. I even know what it was, but you had some like music night with all this. Oh people. yeah. And then you made me rap. You're like, you're going up here. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I had to kill a fresh, okay, I had to kill a freestyler. You did time. good. Dude. You still got it in you. I, yeah. I, I, I don't freestyle, I paid style. Okay. That's what I, uh, that's what I do. But um, yeah, but it was like very diverse. And there were a yeah. lot of young people in your, your church is very cross-cultural. Um, it's, and it's very intentionally led that way too. I mean, I know you're, you're, you're thinking that way. Mm -hmm. um, so how did you, has it like Adam, I know the guy who, pa who planted the church, did Adam, yeah. uh, did they celebrate weekly communion, um, uh, before was yes. part? Okay. So it's always been yes. part of the church's culture. Y yes. So, so yeah, weekly communion has always been part of the church culture and, um, <clears throat> uh, shout so, out to Adam, by the way. Yes. Adam. yes. Well done, hey, Adam. Adam. He, and he did a great job. And, uh, 
And, you know, so these are some of the conversations uh, he, Meldy, and I would have, you know, around the table having a drink together, just talk about what are we looking at. You know, so if, you, if, you're, if you're going to do a cross-cultural church in the middle of Africa, or really anywhere, you will be attracting people who, you know, for, for them, this is not home. So they don't have, they're probably Catholic. Mm-hmm but they don't maybe fit in the Catholic church right right uh, by the corner. Uh, there's some Pentecostals. There's, there's all these people from different church backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, so, so some of them are, aren't necessarily vineyard folk, you know. And, uh, and so some of the wealth comes from that too. It's, these are some, uh, some people appreciate... Uh, um, a bit of well thought out liturgy, uh, mm. or or even just well, the helped, fact that helped you. That's actually helped yes. having people yes. come from maybe uh, uh, Roman Catholic or Anglican backgrounds. Yes, them yes. coming in has been like, hey, I know what this is. Yes, not, yes. This isn't crazy. This is what I. Mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, or or even just realizing that that you know you'd meet so many. Uh, uh, believers uh, who who have no idea what Lent is, and and you know, it's, yeah. Um, so then, how and some of these conversations, I think it's it's the problem is if they take center stage and become the the focus of worship. Yet yeah. some of these conversations, if 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 Jesus is uh, the center of everything, can become very helpful in, in, in our spiritual formation, in our, in our discipleship, in even knowing the story that we're stepping into, because we are stepping into a story that's, that's going on forever. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's not just happening right now. There's a, there's a bit of it that's happening right now with us, but it's a bigger story. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it saddens me that, that um, uh, for some time, We've done church as if it's just us. We're all that matters. Mm-hmm. What about the the communion of the saints? I, how how? And so nowadays, when I when I uh, when I'm leading communion, uh, um, I've been really taken by this line that you said. I've been longing for this, mm. and you know, every weekend it's just taken a different shape. And I, I keep feeling that sense that Jesus is always longing for this. Like mm-hmm. he was longing for it with his disciples. And and every time we get into that place, Jesus, it yeah. Jesus goes, I've been longing to share this with you. And so we kind of are stepping into the same space Peter and Judas <laughs> were when Jesus said, I've been longing to share this with you. Yeah. Uh, and church history and all that. Um, well, that's, that's what's fascinating yeah. about, you know, the folks who uh, in our churches who, when you first introduce the idea of, you know, regularly celebrating the Eucharist, I, I, every every pastor I know who's moved in that direction has had people say something like, well, if you do it too often, it'll lose yeah. significant, you know, which is yeah. I, always, it's just such a bad argument because yeah. there's so many other things that we do every Sunday. Like no one would ever, <laughs> yeah. no, no yeah. one would ever say, hey, we should not point. sing every yeah. week. Like we yeah. shouldn't sing every week because we did that last yeah. week or we shouldn't, <laughs> yes. right? I mean, it, it's yeah. really ridiculous, but I, yeah. I've really been like reflecting on, um, I'm looking in, uh, in first Corinthians, um, chapter uh, 11, where Paul essentially lays out his 
you know, he, he lays out the Eucharistic, uh, it, we use it in our liturgy all the time, but it's fa- fascinating that um, Paul says this in verse 23, he says, for I pass on to you what I received from the Lord yep. himself. Mm-hmm. And like thinking about how, when did, when did Paul have this time with Jesus? Like we know in Acts chapter nine, the Damas- road to Damascus, he has this mm-hmm. revelation and Jesus mm-hmm. is like, Hey, you've been yeah. persecuting me. You yes. need to stop, yes. you know, and yeah. <laughs> he encounters grace and he's welcomed uh, into the, into the kingdom. And then he slowly kind of gets this, this more and more influence, right? His preaching mm-hmm. right away is powerful. But what's fascinating is that Paul doesn't go, Saul doesn't go right to Paul, right? He spends uh, a number, Some I mean, time. over a decade, yeah, a decade, um, you know, preparing. And I, which is where I think that Paul has this, you know, revelation from Jesus himself in some type of a charismatic experience where he yeah. is actually taught the the value and the centrality and the importance of the Eucharist, which yes. is why you see in the early church, like there were no churches in the early church that did not regularly celebrate the Eucharist. Yes. Like they didn't yes. exist, right? Yeah. So that kind of and, speaks to the value of it. Yeah. And and then you, you probably, and of course, this is just the freedom for... Uh, and I guess as an artist, I, I just like the freedom to think and create. So you can imagine that Paul had this because he, because the leaders of the early church were faithful to keep doing these things, yeah. you know. And 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 sometimes they would it would seem eh, it's just bread and wine. And sometimes there would be power, whatever it is. We you know they, there's a faithfulness to having things that mark mm. uh who we are and mm. and 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 j- then just surrendering it to god to do whatever he wants to do with it yeah yeah um, yeah, that, that, yeah a reminder a reminder aspect of the eucharist is such a such an important thing that it seems like we can all also um, especially if you come from a more symbolic perspective where it's all just a reminder like that's all yeah. it is a memorial yeah. Um, yeah, it seems like it's really easy to um, all of a sudden like forget what how important that memorial actually is because like yeah. from my perspective, mm-hmm. which is more sacramental, uh, yes. I see it as a means of grace. But I'm also like, yeah. it is a reminder too, though. That's actually the yes. power of yes. it is that it's reminding yes. us who we are, what God has done for us. Uh, there's something really beautiful. But you talked about an artist. Like, help me out here. Okay, so I've thought about how. You know, I um, wrote a little booklet for the for Vineyard a long time ago about how, um, you know, I basically laid out seven different themes that I think you could, you know, build like your Eucharistic liturgy around, you know, mm-hmm. like seven, mm-hmm. seven weeks. You could highlight seven. And there's way more than seven. But um, how have you thought about, you know, I guess, regularly celebrating the Eucharist in your local church um, from a creative, artistic sense like are have you done things you different rather than your traditional um you know mm. i guess the way that we normally do it you know like yeah uh you know like i like i went to a church one time that they um uh, they practiced uh in a way that was very much um you know like this like people were serving you it was very much you came forward and there were elders and then yeah. they um they uh essentially you know served you and said this is christ's body that was broken for yes, you yes. you know it was, it was like really beautiful rather than the way i'd grown up when we did celebrate it, it was like it was a passed out silver tray yeah you know, yeah like, oh my gosh this yeah. is so expensive you know and <laughs> yeah you get a little you know, little shot not even a shot glass <laughs> yeah um yeah 
Yeah. So, yeah. like, what do you what do you guys do? So, well, so I, I've done a few more interesting things out outside of, say, Trinity Vineyard. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Sunday morning can be a little bit squeezed than I'd like it to be. But are so, you guys doing two, are you guys doing two services or one service? Are you no, in one. right now? You're at one. Yeah, yeah we're right meeting. We, yeah, last Sunday uh, we did. I don't know what we'll do because we're still spacing things up, and I think yeah. people are uh, beginning to come back. I know what you're doing. You're doing those super spreader events. I know. <laughs> I know all about those. <laughs> you're gathering and just <laughs> everywhere. Uh, no, I, yeah, just you are I, gathering right now. I was afraid. Yeah. So anyway, so we are too. I'm not I'm judging more, you. I'm just no, no, no. I, I was going to say something silly, and I was like, it's a, it's a. It. It's a sensitive. No, 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 no. I don't. I Edgar, don't want anyone I'm, who's <laughs> Edgar. I'm the one on your shoulder, always telling you what to do that you shouldn't do. I've done exactly. that. I've been that guy for you for and, and, years now. And the Holy Spirit has taught me not to listen to you. <laughs> well, it's probably a smart thing. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> so, so we we started with you know uh, we'd have. Uh, people serve you and, you know, speak those words over you. So, so uh, there would be one main person, uh, you know, leading us to that point and, and just drawing the significance of, of uh, the Eucharist, both as a sacrament and, and um, remembrance. And then we'd all go to the front and, you know, you, you'd get it. And as someone speaks over you, Mm. Uh, COVID changed things, and now we're doing what what a, a small kid said that you know, like everyone's having cough syrup at church because yeah. we're doing those tiny cups. Like it sounded like drinking the Kool Aid. Are they together. are they the prepackaged ones? No, we we do it ourselves. Okay. Uh, yeah, we found a we found an affordable way to just do it. Like you know. Yeah. So we, have, we're, doing, we're doing these prepackaged uh, things, and I, I really have to like be careful because I have kind of bad attitude about it. But yeah, I, yeah. I've actually felt like the Lord has checked me a few times um, because it's like it's hard not to feel like, oh, this is a cardboard wafer, yeah, this little, you know, because we're doing this like it's a cup to go, you know, yes, yes. to go. But at the same time, yeah, yeah, but like when you have a robust sacramental theology, um, you know, and I'm not I'm not one who is yet at the point where I argue for apostolic succession and like Mm, it has to be blessed by a bishop to a priest to, you know, but like when so my perspective is that when we receive communion in faith um that it that's the mystery happens there you know that the holy spirit is able to communicate that those um the host the elements to become the body and the blood for us Mm -hmm. um but what what's fascinating is that like again the question is less about whether or not that counts um you know because it's the if if it's the right wine bread or you know it's more about our our uh where we are with yeah yeah because and 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 funny you say that because one of the stories I was going to tell you is at at some point I actually uh, uh, led communion with some some sort of potato and okay and everybody and, listening and, to this podcast just ignore everything he's saying right now uh, this is where the heresy this is how he introduced it. <laughs> um, 
and uh what i think it was it was porridge or something now because here's the thing uh, uh we part of the journey i was on was you know how how does how does being african and um, and christian look like because mm. because for for generations it's it's almost seemed like to be christian is to to let go of your africanness yeah, yeah. become and, essentially colonialism essentially it, right I exactly mean, you and i've talked about that too like the observation i've had in kenya is that many of the churches don't look very African. They're yes. very, um, I mean, like the buildings, even the yeah. way they dress. And yeah. I've been, I've been really fortunate in my Kenyan experience before where I was working with an organization uh, before the vineyard uh, with someone you, I think you kind of know Bishop Ben Bahadi yeah. in, in mm -hmm. that world. Yeah. Like very much they were cool with the African culture and, you know, like they um, just did a really good job of, of modeling that. But when I was in Kenya with you uh, for the national conference, you guys had Africa night and it was, uh, I don't know if you remember that. It was like every time yeah, I remember. Doing their, yeah, yeah. you were like, yeah. you do like every just, dance and, and uh, yeah, it was amazing so, though. Yeah. It, it was the most beautiful thing. Like it, it was the, for me, um, it was interesting because we sang a lot of uh, Kenyan songs, right? Yeah. Like, you know, at the other sessions, mm -hmm. that was the best night out of all of them, though. So, like, we yeah. sang English songs, and then we had African night, and I don't understand anything that was going on other than, like, <laughs> remember the, yeah. the neck the neck thing? Like, that, that was, was dope. Maasai? Like, yeah. Dude, yeah. Maasai are like, uh, you know, they got their <laughs> everything. This is dope. But it was amazing yeah. uh, because, you like, I think anybody who's a follower of Jesus could sense the worship that was happening. Like I might mm -hmm. not know the lang the words, but I know that um, you were talking about Jesus and yes. like, well, I, that's what he told you. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure it's true because, uh, <laughs> because I trust everybody else, it's not you. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, but, and uh, you're right. Like, I, yeah. Keep going. So tell tell I, more about that. Yeah. What I would like to see is a, is a place where, uh, and, and it, it does get a bit complicated because you know what is Africa right now anyway? Um, it's it's you know globalization has happened. But what I'd like to see is a situation where we don't have African night. If if it's a conference in Kenya, it's all African night. You know, so yeah, how, that's right, exactly. That's yeah. Right. So what is what does being an African Christian look like? What is what is being uh, a, a a Kenyan and and a, a, a Kenyan vineyard church look like. So, if we went deeper in, into into the countryside for for some of us, you'd have to walk quite far to to get any bread, mm -hmm. right? So you could have ugali, which is a cornmeal, and that's quite common. Yeah, but you might not get bread as 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 would be shared in in most communion celebrations yeah. and and the other thing i really believe that even in homes families should share communion together mm -hmm. right you know if if they pick uh their their celebration to be friday night it's it's part of the dinner i so mm -hmm. the i actually uh, when when lockdown started we we did we tried to do a bit of training for the church online on how they could still do discipleship at home and one of the key ones was you can share communion together you know just again moving people away from the idea that it can only be given by the pastor yeah yeah um, 
and 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 I thought that 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 was one of the best settings because it is in the context of a meal. It's mm. not we were sitting down and then the cups were taken out and the bread. No, we were sharing a meal, kind of like what Jesus was doing with the, with the disciples, and then specifically giving thanks to God for. Uh, we shared, uh, you know, a, a drink and 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 mm-hmm. broke bread uh, that was the Eucharist. Yeah. So anyway, so, you're, so you're, essentially you're teaching your, your, I mean, that's discipleship. You're discipling your community to be able to remember the body and the blood, to remember the sacrificial death of Jesus and yeah. to invoke the presence of the Holy Spirit through these, these means. Um, yes. While they may not be able to drive or walk to your church yeah. Yeah. gathering. And, yeah. and so imagine, imagine a family that, that, that just has water or, or, yeah or they don't have bread um you know if if can they still shame the eucharist you know and yeah. so so that's why at some point in my life i did actually lead <laughs> uh communion with uh potato and and um yeah I, 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 I don't really, know how I don't know how Jesus feels about that, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I, th- I think that's a really good um, thing to think through, though. Like, because I've I've done a, a fair amount of thinking about that uh, with people and talking about it, but I don't know if I've come down on a like you know, I don't know. But because yeah. I'll tell you a quick story, I was in uh, Nepal in two thousand nine, mm. and my my time in Nepal, I, I traveled over there with this group of uh, of. Uh, basically theologians, professors to start mm-hmm. this Bible university. And I, uh, me and another guy were like the, the pastor, uh, pastor dudes, pastor theologian guys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it was remarkable. Um, the yeah. country had just opened up from being a Hindu monarchy for hundreds of years. And mm-hmm. on our, on our plane flying into um, Kathmandu, it was full of missionaries. Like the 727 had hundreds of people who were yeah. you know representing missions organizations. And it was really yeah. cool. So we're there. I mean, it was the most uh, acts like church environment I'd ever seen. Like I was mm. the whole time I was like, dude, this is like acts. You know, we I, we saw miracles, yeah. um, mm. saw people miraculously healed from from brain tumors. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. 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 But uh, I we traveled to this uh, region called Chitwan. Mm-hmm. And we're asked to speak at this church and we got there right when they were celebrating the Eucharist and yeah. I, I, they brought us up forward and there's, I don't know, maybe 300 people in this really small, tiny room. Everybody was sitting down on the ground and yeah. um, the pastor, as part of the service, he had a glass of clear water and he brought out Kool-Aid and made like grape drink Kool-Aid and then <laughs> broke out like no joke. And then yeah. broke out Doritos and yeah. they handed out that to everybody there everybody yeah. got a very small portion yes. and the only way i can describe it as a charismatic person is that i had a profound encounter with the holy spirit and a yeah. renewed yeah. sense of the body of christ and an appreciation for the cross that i had yeah. not had until yeah. that point so yeah. i was yeah. like okay so there's some yeah. questions about the elements <laughs> right. here yes. uh, you know and I, I think you're right like I often wonder about that, you know, like, cause you know, unleavened wine or unleavened bread and having, you know, um, a specific type of, of wine is what some yeah. would argue. But yeah. I really think that the more sacramental we are, like if we actually have a truly sacramental, what I call worldview or a reality, mm-hmm. you know, where we have a sacramental perspective, 
we yeah. should be able to see that God can can minister to us grace through a variety of means and that the yeah. question of contextualization matters. Like in your yeah. context, I probably wouldn't choose Ugali because I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of Ugali. I'll be honest about that. Indian. Yeah. But but chapatis, like because you you have such a strong Indian yeah. uh, community and uh, and now chapatis yeah. are like everywhere, right? Like every yeah. everybody eats. We them. use chapati on Sunday. Yeah, I love chapati. I mean, like yeah. that. As soon as uh, when I have Kenyan people make me chapatis, I'm like, oh, I feel so happy. <laughs> it's the best. But but that's like that's their common bread. That would be the yeah. the. It seems like that would be the most standard form of bread that people in Kenya have, um, you know, and it's going to look different in other, you know, I, I wonder like in, in Mexico, you know, and, um, and I want, can, and I want tacos, count? can tacos count? That's I what I want. Yes. <laughs> well, I, cause, cause the Science. other thing is, is even realizing that e even for Jesus, it was happening within a, Jewish a cultural Jewish context. Right. Yes. yes, yes and yes. so, um, you know, we we it's almost like again getting getting uh, a cuff to the circumcision discussions like oh it's it's yeah. gotta be this and it's gotta be that yeah, and then yeah. then we lose what 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 God is inviting the church to. Mm. Uh, I, yeah. I did this I did, I did this um, blog a few years back about just of course this is again just. An artist think trying to think free, and the main segment was, you know, if if God calls uh, Israel his firstborn, then maybe Kenya is his secondborn, or whatever. Like we're all God's children, so God has been present with all His children. There's a revealed story in Jesus and in the in the in the story of Israel, and at the same time, God has been present with all His children all over the place, and so uh, it's. It, it's it's that that story of what is God confronting in each culture, what is God uh, uh, blessing in each culture, and let's not you know get stuck on the, I you know, it would be sad if 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 some communities don't get to experience uh, uh, the beauty of of the Eucharist just because. Um, yeah. they don't have some certain kind of wine or some certain kind of bread or yeah. they yeah. well there so there's a there's the another aspect of this though that i um i'm curious of uh, your thoughts so it's it, you know a lot of like especially in the high church traditions you know i was talking to um our local priest uh here at the roman catholic church um we've kind of struck up a friendly relationship and uh he you know they didn't they were not celebrating they hadn't celebrated the eucharist for a very long time due to the covid yeah. um, restrictions and i know other uh, congregations other traditions have also said hey we will not encourage people to do it at home because there's a unique um, aspect of the Eucharist that should be said, like, like I do personally, like I struggle with the very common charismatic thing, like do communion every single day, all by yourself when you're doing, your <laughs> yeah. you know, like, I, cause I, I do think it's a, it was a sacrament given to the church. And mm -hmm. so, you know, and I'm very, my ecclesiology has enough, um, you know, biblical influence to say, Hey, I think that where two or three are gathered, yeah. Christ is present. And there's, you know, there's the beginnings of a, of a church community, but mm. I, but I, but the, uh, the aspect of lament, you know, because yeah. you as a worship leader and reading the Psalms, and I think we've talked about this in the past, you know, lamenting is a important 
uh, very important practice and rhythm for the church. I and mean, we have Lent, uh, in a sense, to kind of help prepare us for the celebration of Easter, right? Um, yeah. So what aspect of lament and like recognizing that you can't necessarily participate, you can't necessarily participate in communion um, or you shouldn't maybe, does that filter into this at all for you? Like, you know, do you, would you say that, Hey, maybe when, when food supplies are low, we can't necessarily celebrate Eucharist in the same way, but we can give thanks, you know, like maybe there's a difference in, in, uh, in the, the, you know, like the unique meal that we're having just around the table as a family versus an actual moment where we're spending time. Um, yes. You like, what would, how would you, uh, you know, how would you wrestle with that? Or what are your thoughts on that? You know, given that yeah. there seems to be some space for lament and maybe this was an opportunity for some church communities to press into that a bit more. Yeah. Mm. So I think like, uh, I, I've never given much thought to, you know, Eucharist every day alone. I, 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 not because I'm against it, but I, I I think it's it's a it's a it's a community thing, and that could mean a family as they gather together, kind yeah, of like yeah. Jesus and his friends. They were just a group of friends at a table, or the yeah. church community. They, there's something about that, and even and even when when we were walking the church through doing this at home, in my mind it was well one of the meals you're having is that is that meal where you go okay and and now we give thanks and and um and think think about what what this is and invite god right here right now so you can have you can have all other meals together and then you can choose a day or a meal and it's it's mm -hmm. it's special and it's specific um i i i have felt like i've been more more concerned about people not not coming for communion than than just coming for communion. Um, uh, maybe because what, what, what uh, do you mean by that? Uh, like flesh that out for me. When, when you say you're more concerned about people not coming for communion, yes, yes, when they hold back. So you know, if, if the conversation oh, okay. is where, yeah, when yeah, should yeah. be, you know, have, have I ever talked talk about people holding back or something like that? I'm yeah. more concerned when people hold back. It's, I think mostly because a lot of them are holding back because they think they are unforgiven. Yeah, it's for bad. It's because of bad theology. Yes, yes, it really is. And, yeah, I, I, and, that's very common, right? People are like, well, I've examined myself, and, and I, am I not realized worthy. that this morning I said some naughty things to, my, you know, <laughs> yeah, I know, like, totally, exactly. because I, yeah. I think you're right. It's like no, in the case where you recognize that you have a need for grace, that's precisely why communion was designed exactly. to help exactly. remind you that there is grace and repent yes. from your sins, examine yourself, repent of it, but then receive yes. grace. Yeah, I, I yes. totally yes. with you. Gotcha. So, so that's more of a concern. So that's more of a concern for me when I see people holding back and knowing that they don't realize that this is Jesus inviting them to the table and he's the host and wow. he's taking care of everything. Right. And, and, and man, I've just like the line, I have been longing to share this meal with you has gotten me all of last year. And, you know, this year I, I just, every time we get to that point, I keep seeing Jesus at the table looking at us compassionately going, I've been longing to share this with you. So it breaks my heart 
that for any reason someone holds back uh not knowing that jesus invites them nonetheless or mm -hmm. thinking that the church doesn't invite them i was at a catholic mass the other day and i haven't been to one in a long time so i was missing the the standing moments and they said well we'll only give which is fine that's that's their practice yeah, uh, yeah. you know we'll only give to catholics and those permitted by the church so yeah. when when someone is sitting at a trinity vineyard I want them to know you are permitted, <laughs> even if you're trying this out, even if you're not sure, you know, you are mm -hmm. permitted. Jesus is the host. So that's been, the holding back has been more of a worry for me than the, when should we invite people not, uh, uh, you know, to hold back or something like that. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if that. Yeah. No, I, I, that's actually because I can feel this is kind of a. I find like I, I find like these ideas that I've got um, are often it's the tension thing. They're in tension. Yes. And I think what you just said was a really profound way of getting at. Um, I hadn't even considered that, you know, because I do think that there is a the Jesus longing to interact with us is a major component to our missiology, to our mm -hmm. pneumatology, to our ecclesiology. But I think even with the sacramental. Uh, theology at work here it's like yeah um a i don't because of my sacramental theology and my pneumatology seeing that the holy spirit can work in crazy mysterious ways to communicate to us grace yeah. Yeah. uh why would we um assume that it, he couldn't do that through you know minimal elements or hosts or yes. you know like i guess it, like that's the danger i think of being so sacramental that your sacramental theology erases your other theology. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, like, yeah. I, and that's that's the big concern, or that's the primary reason why I have yet to go down the, you know, the high church road. I mean, when I yeah. hear the arguments, and I respect it, I, I have a high respect for the Catholic tradition and for um, you know high church uh, in many ways because I think a lot of those, the, a lot of those. Um, issues actually can help correct our low church, mm -hmm. you know, world. Yeah. But uh, I just can't get there to where it's like, yeah, the only way that you can receive communion is if it's blessed by a priest and it's, yeah. you know, yeah. in the context of a building and it's this unleavened bread and this, you know, thing, because yeah. it just seems like, uh, yeah, I don't, I yeah. think it's given too much stock to the Jewish culture, which, um, and I, and I, not to at all minimize the impact of, and influence of Jewish culture, but I think that what you're bringing up, the culture, like Jesus would express that in whatever cultural context he was in. I mean, I really yes. think if he was in Mexico, he might have used tortillas, you know, yes, like maybe I, from I mean, Chipotle. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, that's probably not true. No, uh, <laughs> you, you just colonized Mexico. I don't know what you're doing here, but uh, yeah, I, but that's that's really profound. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I thank you. That that's really an interesting way to um, think about it a little bit. I think that helps me um, formulate more of an idea. In relation to um, that question, you know, like, is it mm. okay? Because I've, 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 I've heard that. I think laments important. I think it really is uh, something we need to consider. But is it so important that it, it, you know, like replaces the necessity or the value of the Eucharist? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't go there. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's good. I like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, you're smart. Yeah, you're a smart guy. That's all I'm trying to say. So should I go with y'all? <laughs> Yes, I'll I think just... you. I think you just got a PhD. Uh, obviously. Uh, well, no, I'm I'm going to stick with with economics. 
Because <laughs> that'll, that'll make you the most money. Is what you're trying to get at. Uh, okay. Well, hey, let, let, yeah. help me out with this. Okay. Yeah. So I'm in, I'm in, cause I, I want to get back to like Black History Month. Um, yeah. You know, like I, uh, I, you know, I want to create a space uh, to be more intentional for, um, for friends of mine that are, you know, black and that have a lot of amazing things to say. Um, so let's talk about some controversial stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, and, and I, and like, and yeah. I, and I really I like, like it there. Yeah, I know you do. Um, and maybe, <laughs> maybe it's not controversial. Actually, a lot of the stuff to me, I don't think like, like I'm surprised that saying racism is evil is controversial for some people. Like yeah. I still am like, I'm like, what, what? but I also realize that there's a lot of really ignorant evil uh people but also yeah. ideologies and influences that are mm -hmm. causing people to be crazy um yeah. that would be maybe the nice way of saying it but mm -hmm. uh let, let's talk about uh colonialism a little bit and its yeah. impact on kenya because you and i uh we actually did a podcast a long time ago well it wasn't too long ago but when i was in kenya and it was probably in that room right there Crazy. that you're in well, no no the right next there? one no, okay. no, no, the next one. I would never okay. invite you into this one. I, I noticed that actually. You were like, uh, go in there. Um, but like, you know, so I'm over in Kenya um, yep. with you and I uh, I can't remember. What, what was that for? Was that for a pastor's conference or national conference? Uh, or... For the national conference. You were okay. here for the national conference. 2018, um, I think. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It might have been. And, I, wow. and we have to give a shout out to Gia. Um, yes, David, who or they loved. wouldn't have yeah, allowed it to True. be published. They basically um. made it to where you and I could be friends in real life. Um, and <laughs> yeah. uh, and so, yeah, Love so this. yeah, so to the the Gia and uh, David are have been going to Kenya for a long time, uh, are part of the vineyard, are vineyard pastors, and um, you know, have been um, a big part of the vineyard partnership between Vineyard USA and Vineyard Kenya. Is that a Good summer. Very correct. Yeah, they, yeah. They lead the U.S. side of the partnership. Yeah, and I and I we I like I love them. Gia and David are just they're amazing. The, yeah, they are. They're they're great. Uh, and so we're there. And um, you know, I had been to Kenya. I want to say seven or eight times, maybe more. Um, and so I'm pretty familiar. Like I've been there enough to like I know how to speak very clear Swahili. Uh, I would like to. No, you don't. All. Mimi and Baba Yako, I just want to let you children know no, that you can come to no. Papa. Uh, no, I do not. <laughs> My dad's going to listen to this. Oh, so he's going to. Well, Jumbo Sana, um, <laughs> oh, Skiza, I forget all my. But anyway, like I, I'm there and I and I thought it was fascinating because there's there's these culture, cultural differences. And I, I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, one one um, observation was I found it kind of weird, actually, as a as a white dude that we were singing all these songs in English. And I'm yeah. looking around and, it, and it's like the three of us. And this is not a I don't at all want to I'm not picking on anybody. I, I just want to like help me out here um, to understand the impact, because I think that colonialism might be part of the the issue at work. Um, because of you know you're hosting three Americans and we're there and and we're singing all these songs in English and I was just kind of like oh this just seems kind of it seemed kind of weird but maybe it's not weird um, <laughs> yeah you, like what to help me out like why is why do a lot of Kenyan churches do that where they sing a lot of songs in 
in English uh, and not maybe so much in Swahili? Or is that only when the white folks are around and, you know, it's – no, I mean, I'm, I'm asking. No, no, I, no, I, I know. It's, I know. Black, it's Black History Month. Quit, quit, quit dodging my – do you know how many black people speak English primarily? <laughs> well, do you no, okay. Can you? <laughs> yeah, no, right. I well, thought no. I thought it was uh, like everybody under forty speaks English, and I heard I had to get back in the camera. I'm I'm over here. I heard I, I thought it was like most most uh, people under forty speak English and then speak Swahili and then speak their their native tongue. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, like their mm -hmm. uh, their tribe. Yeah, but I, yeah, I would. Yeah, I wouldn't say under four. Well, maybe under forty was like when you started coming down to Kenya. Oh, like that's like, been like so many years, years ago. ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I was young and I'm old. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. So you know, I th there is there is a bit of uh, uh, co colonial influence granted. Well, and not and at the same time, there is just globalization. Uh, and then there is, you know, traditional Africa. And so when you bring a national conference together, you know, you you need to go somewhere. Um, so, and I think early on, early on, on this podcast, I said, I said a statement like, you know, what is Africa? So like, if you go to Nairobi, um, other than the, the affluence of, 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 some western nations it feels like any other western city mm -hmm. yeah Nai nairobi is very um i mean very well it's even changed i would say it's even changed in the 15 16 years that i've i've yeah. been heading over there yeah. i mean yeah. maybe uh yeah you know like where it seems like it's a lot more developed there's way more um international multicultural yes um, yeah i mean you can get sushi in in nairobi yes yes yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's such a that's funny to say but yeah, no, yeah you're right, right. <laughs> to me i'm like i'm like oh like nairobi's dope i like i could probably live here and you said you had the best chinese food here in Dude, nakuru. Yeah. oh you remember that yeah you know yeah, in Eldoret. no no nakuru no, come on no I, we, down, we, you need to not lie uh in Eldoret, yeah like in Eldoret, <laughs> no like it, it was yeah, but the lady who the couple who owns that uh, that restaurant, the Chinese restaurant Eldoret, are from China, moved to Eldoret like 15 years ago, and it yeah. was mm. the bomb. I mean, your yeah. stuff's okay. Nakuru's no, not bad. <laughs> Nakuru is the next. <laughs> You're not welcome here. But yeah. so so uh, there's a bit there's a bit of that. So usually, I think um when when several cultures get together then you you go for the bottom line it's it's mm. kind of what happened so the us would be what we call the most low context culture in the world because there's a melting point uh, melting pot of, well, I did, you know, did you just say that us is the most low context <laughs> culture just, well okay so I, maybe i need no. to explain that a bit more <laughs> i'm not i'm not disagreeing i just wanted to i just wanted to let our listeners know that edgar uh, let us know that we are like the most low cultural context. Think that's good. Keep going. And and uh, uh, so if if you're in in uh, in an African living room, there will be less words used. Everybody's reading the face and and they know what's being said. You walk into a meeting and people don't say much. You're like, wait, 
because they know what's being said in all the other contexts. It's it's in the face, it's in the body language and all that. But then when you bring so many cultures together, like what happened in the US, you cannot depend on context because it's different contexts. Yeah. So things have to be said, language has to be standardized and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So then uh, what's happening in, in, in Africa is a little like that. There's a tension between our identity. There's a tension between, you know, uh, globalization and definitely just heavy colonial influence. Mm -hmm. So I'm, 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 not, I'm not worried that we can easily, if you walk into a Kenyan church, uh, actually, only in the cities will you hear a lot of uh, English songs. You move beyond there, and it's it's all in in the tribal languages, which is so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. But you will also hear songs from uh, Nigeria. You'll hear songs from South Africa. That's that's mm. just okay. you know. And down at a South Africa conference, they were singing Swahili songs. So Africa has has this unique ability to just, you know, move yeah. from language yeah. to language, welcome everyone, and, and that's beautiful. I am more worried, so I'm not worried that people would come together and, and they would easily just sing mostly in English, as, you know, especially for a national gathering. I'm more worried when people don't realize that their African identity is enough um, or or, uh, or if if they if they are african immigrants in 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 the in the west so okay so if someone was born in africa and, and they now live right around red red bluff vineyard i am you know I, i'm more worried if they if they felt that they had to completely not be african anymore mm -hmm. to then yeah. fit into you know and so the, then it becomes a conversation of how, how do we do church in a way that says to everyone, you belong here. Uh, I, think, I think that's like a really important question, though, because like what I, I feel like I'm learning as I've been just, re you know, the national conversation over here on racism and ethnic. I mean, I've, I've always thought a better word really for racism is ethnocentrism the idea that one particular race is better than others um yeah you know, and and whiteness and just how you know um whiteness uh has been heavily oppressed not just oppressive i mean it's been demonic it has been um it's been terrible and so like i was kind of thinking about that um in preparation for our conversation a little bit i was just kind of thinking about how when i'm in kenya i wonder how i could be a better um, follower of Jesus, yeah, yeah, you know, and like it, I, I don't know, like I just it just struck yeah. me. It struck me really is 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 like I was wondering if I was part of the problem when I was sitting yeah. there at the national conference and we were singing all these English songs and I was like, oh, I hope they don't feel like they have to do that because of yeah. me. And then, <laughs> yeah. well, no, I and then I'm like, I bet you to some degree that may be actually part of the of the uh, the background, the backstory, right? Like yep, right, there's yep. these systems that are in these in influences. And there's this really great book I have somewhere over here uh, about, about gender and it's called the gender knot. And I, I, it's somewhere around here, but anyway, the whole concept is how, when you, when you dismantle um, my friend, Rose uh, Sweatman, uh, the regional leader of the vineyard that I'm, that I'm a part of, 
um, she recommended. It's like when you dismantle patriarchy, there's all these other things that are connected to that and it disrupts the whole entire system. And it it may take a while for, for people not to still have the shakiness, I guess is the best way to explain it. So with colonialism, Mm -hmm. same, same question was, I I wonder if, I remember thinking this as I was sitting there and I'm like, we're singing all these, like, I don't know what they were, vineyard English songs. Yeah, uh, yeah. Probably, probably Chris Tomlin. I don't even know. It's um, <laughs> just kidding. But you need you need to get deeper into worship, my friend. I apparently I do. Uh, all sons and daughters repent. <laughs> but I, yeah. I, I I just remember just having this thought. I was like, man, I wonder if they're doing these worship sets with English songs because of us. And then it got me thinking. I'm like. Well, I, I was like, you know, almost being self-righteous, you know, like, oh, I don't need, I don't want them to feel that way. I'm not, yeah. you know, like I'm, I'm not, yeah. I, I think contextualization, contextualization matters. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I bet you this is probably goes back um, quite a long time, hundreds of years, perhaps to where colonialism, you know, the colonizers come in, we've brought you the gospel. We have it in this particular With, yeah. package. That's very yeah. white. You better learn our songs. Otherwise, it's not real worship. Yeah, yeah. Is that well? And, yeah, some of it is. So, uh, so, and uh, it's a lot of things happening. And at the same time, part of being being a proper African host is is me making you feel comfortable. Um, yeah, yeah. No, so, so that's, that seems like to be like I always tell people when when I, when we're going to Kenya. Yeah, I would say you are going to fall in love with these people. And you are going to want to move there. And the reason yeah. why is because they are, no, I'm serious. Like I remember the first time I preached, they like brought me to the front of the church building. They had like couches. I mean, they were like yeah. full on like the night and they were so kind and so yeah. generous. And hospitality um, is a big deal here through the roof. Like, yeah. but, but, and I, and I think that that's true about a lot of cultures outside of the American context. You like when I hang out with my Latino friends, it's it's so interesting to me. Like I walk into a room with white people, I don't say hi to nobody. I go sit down. I might talk to the person, which is there, but which I'm is a gonna... weird thing for 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 us. Like, I've learned that. I've like learned that's like super rude, like very you, rude. Exactly. Because you don't walk do into a room and you don't yeah. say hello. Yeah. And so so I I struggled with 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 an American friend of mine at some point. We were working together, same office, and he'd walk in it's like. You don't just do that. You gotta say hi. It wasn't it wasn't me though, right? I just want to make sure it was. Luke, don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> but so I, you had a very great question, like how how do you how do you become a better follower of Jesus uh, yeah. help, help, as a yeah, help white help person? Like- I, I, and I think I, I think that the the answer is really the same both ways. Um, yet, I, 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 and at the same time, I think for for those who've been in power too long, they need to be even more aware of it. It's it's um, you know what 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 a statement of one another and one another. If I can constantly yeah. put you first, mm-hmm. and so even culturally, I I think Africa will just do that anyway. If Luke is coming. Give him the best bed, you know, go into debt and m- prepare a meal for him. So uh, so I think it would be so rich mm. if if, uh, you know, visiting cultures would also 
come with it in the same how can i be you know yeah. and not you know because because i think throughout throughout uh, uh, a lot of christian missions has been good but part of the baggage has been we've come with our own agenda you know mm-hmm. we've decided right. this is how i'm going to fix what's yeah. happening here yeah. and with, with and like I, zero context zero exactly contextual awareness exactly what is what does it mean to even come and sit down you know yeah. Yeah. uh and and receive and 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 constantly ask questions you know mm-hmm. i think uh that uh that's that's always been 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 the one thing I, I wish to see more uh, missionaries aware of. Like, mm-hmm. just become aware that you will make mistakes. Yeah. So sit back a little more. Ask questions a little more. You know, ask yourself, how do I how do I join God in what he's already doing here? As opposed to, how do I make God do what I think he should be doing in Africa? <laughs> you know? So, so there's a fair amount of humility required. Uh, in missions, I think, right, and that's yeah, that's probably the difference uh, for people people going on a short term mission trip because they want to go on vacation to check things out, yeah. versus someone who's like, hey, I really want to go and and serve this people, yeah. um, and and influence people for Jesus or whatever, Because yeah. yeah. I, I like, I think it's Kenya to me. Um, I mean, I I really just have so many fond feelings and memories of, of every trip I've been to, you know, cause I've, I've formed relationships with people that I still to this day, you know, 15 years later, we talk regularly on Facebook, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and whatnot, the beauty of technology. But, um, mm. you know, like when I first went over there, I was told don't wear shorts, shorts are bad, yeah. you wear shorts yeah. and you're a, in like, you're a man of God. It will not be received well, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know? And then it's like, but when I got over there, um, I had brought a pair of shorts <laughs> just for like my own, you know, like hotel. In the place. evening. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was. Well then, and then it was like, well, we kind of got to know you and you're kind of a group. Okay. I'll kind of realize it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, then it's like, no, you can wear them now. And then, it, then it was like, yeah, if you have tattoos, I remember I spoke at this pastor's conference. It was like 900 pastors there and when i walked in i had you know the tattoos and and uh i could just tell like on their faces like oh he's he's got a demon or two yeah and, and uh <laughs> if, i didn't know if they I, asked me i'd have told him the exact number but yeah yeah exactly and, and then it's like but after i i spoke it was like i i had uh many pastors say hey despite the fact that you look like a satan worshiper you you, you have <laughs> yeah. you have yeah. um you know god's word in you or you know whatever it yeah. is and it's just fascinating because over the last 15 years um we're going to get to your hair we're going to get to your hair yeah uh, yeah, yeah. You, like when I first met you, yeah, you didn't have, uh, you did not have dreads at the national conference. You had wannabe dreads. That's what we call them over here in the US. <laughs> we call them afros. Yeah. yeah. It's no, Black History Month. You got to learn oh. African you, hair lingo. In Kenya, you have different words to describe different things. But um, no, but you had dreads. Like you had like really dope dreads. Uh, they were yeah. smacking me in the face when I was on the motorcycle bike and I was holding you <laughs> tightly. Um which was awkward. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, erase that. Edit that part out. Uh, but no, uh, you had dreads, and in yes. your cultural context, um, was, dreads are what? Like whippersnapper? Is that the word that my grandma? What's a whippersnapper? 
You never heard that? That's like what no. white dudes say. Ah, oh, you whippersnapper. No, I've, I haven't heard of it. Punk kid. You should use it, dude. You could like introduce. I haven't gone. I haven't been to the South much. I, I have a oh. feeling that's like a Southern thing. <laughs> it probably is, actually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like you, you know, you have like this, you have yeah. this young vibe. You've got, you had yeah. dreads. And now I, you look like a sellout. I'm like, who is this dude? <laughs> yeah. You working on Wall Street? What? What's going on? <laughs> Well, no, no, it's anyway. Well, so, so it's quite, something quite interesting is is you know just back on the on the race thing. Yeah. Uh, so you would get away with so many things I wouldn't be allowed just because you're 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 white in my culture. So uh, I just interrupt you for one minute. Uh, the proper yeah. term, Edgar, is not white; it's Mzungu. Okay. Please. <laughs> I have been called Mzungu a lot. I want to have my title returned. I um, will not give you the satisfaction. No, I need you to call me Mzungu. It's, it warms my heart. Hey, Mzungu! That's a problem. It drives me crazy. It's like, well, it's like what the heck is happening? No, but anyway. I, I remember, no, I, I gotta interrupt you. But I remember I was like, I, I think I told you this. I was like, it's so crazy how I walk into a neighborhood in Kenya and people would be like, Mzungu! Yeah, Mzungu! Yeah. And, and, be, and I'm like, oh, what's that mean when i first went there it means white white guy right like white person yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and i was like i was like that's crazy because if we were in the u.s and i saw a black dude and i was like black guy, black guy. i'm like it just or a white person or or chinese yeah, yeah. man yeah. it just would feel awkward when and so that and that's the other thing it's uh, uh, this part you might edit it's 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 kind of like how no, we're not editing no, no, no. No, this, what I'm about to say, you might have to edit. It's kind of like oh. how how amongst black people they call each other nigger, and it's fine. Mm, yeah, not gonna edit so, that. You're you're black. <laughs> I will never say that word. But 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 it's it's funny. So so there there is a bit of the race conversation that is uniquely American. Yeah, and so I I think I think. The, the American church needs to lead into this. It's it's mm. it's a it's a coming home time. Yeah. Okay. Something has to change. Cause so no talk, one would be tell me tell speak speak to us as Americans, you know, we're we're here listening. Like tell us what do we need to do as <laughs> well, no I'm serious. Why do you yeah, laugh? Well, <laughs> no, I, so here's the thing. Uh, so we we've had our own experiences with tribalism, and because it, it it really yeah. is the same sin, right? It's mm -hmm. it's it's me finding a way to other, and and um and it's 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 funny how it is used for political reasons often. But it's never been it's never been a, a, a rooted in the church at least at least in 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 um, in Africa that the, the tribalism conversation has never been able to fly in the you just can't do it. So is that is that because yeah. the the church in your context is um, like first and foremost identity would be kingdom identity like allegiance would be to the kingdom of god versus a particular a tribe. tribe okay yes at least at least to that extent yes there's a lot of other places god is working on us mm -hmm. but to that extent the church belongs to jesus not one tribe so and and so i think that the the church in the us you know the church of jesus christ vineyard and not have to 
come to terms with with the reality that some of the race conversations happened in the church and you know you can if i, I if I build something and God is so gracious enough to invite us to always like build things with him, it will have my fingerprints, which means it will be broken. Hmm. And, and, and so with all the beauty of the American church, it has to be aware of, of how the race conversations have formed uh, the, the, uh, the American church. We have to be aware, other than just a bit of differences in culture and taste. The the fact that you 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 can have predominantly black churches and then predominantly white churches. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunday morning should not be the most segregated time. Oh, I've heard know, that during before. the week. Yeah, I've heard that. and and so that's true. So you can't you you can't ignore it. Um, yeah, and, and I and I wish like um, yeah, it's it's such a I. I don't. I don't know. That's why I love. I love hearing um, you and you know just pe- people in particular talk about observations they have from a from outside of the U.S. It's always mm-hmm. interesting to me because it's it feels very much like if we're in the U.S., we're so ingrained in no matter what what uh, ethnicity we are. It feels like we're ingrained in in ideologies, and it's hard to like sometimes get get outside of that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, too, like there's something really unique and beautiful about um about different churches though you know like i i just um i just was sharing a couple weeks ago about how when i was in high school no i was in college i was dating an african-american girl and she invited me to go to church with her and she's like hey you want to go to my church no black you never go back how did you Uh, anyway I I did not marry her. Uh I that is true I married a Norwegian woman. Yeah Uh, and I love my wife so if you're listening and watching, I want to make it very clear that I choose her every day of the week and twice on you know, Sundays. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's funny. You had to say that same statement on our last podcast. I, I, you bring this out of me. But at any rate, my point is that I was dating this girl and I went to her church and it was a Pentecost, it was, it was a Pentecostal African-American Pentecostal church. And I, and I also had this like, uh, in the U.S., there's a Hebrew roots um, movement amongst some of the African American Pentecostal mm-hmm. um, churches, and so you know they had an apostle and prophet and everything. And but it was really dope because when I walked in, I mean they were so friendly. The oh, music yeah. was, as I've said, off the chain. I mean it was yeah. it was you know like Edgar's here, they were there. Okay, and Edgar's good, <laughs> but uh, you know it was like it was really really good music and. Um, but they had a they had a black Jesus on the wall and mm-hmm. and um, mm. like it was very contextual, very very yeah. culturally appropriate for a African American church. The same thing yeah. we would see in a white church, yeah. um, you know. But I felt like it was a really good experience, and I've been to you know other churches now um, since then that are maybe um, would be African American exclusively or Latino, and it's I've even been to Korean and and Chinese worship services mm-hmm. where I'm the only mm-hmm. white dude. And I like there's something really uh, I don't know really? like. Yeah, exactly. It's like there's two things, I guess. I feel like it's really beautiful to me when I go to a church that's very multi-ethnic and diverse. Like, I love seeing the mosaic, like white people, yellow people, black people, green people, you know, whatever, whatever colors they are. Like, to me, that is a picture of 
the eschatological oh, kingdom. Yeah. Like that's yeah. what heaven's going to, or the new, yes. the new creation is going to look like. Yeah. Yes. On the other hand, going into, and I'll use a Kenyan church as an example, like the times I've been to the more traditional, I, I think yeah. that's very true that when you go further outside away yes. from uh, elder, yeah. Like when you're in a, um, like I've preached in a couple churches where, no one really spoke English very well. And it was, everything was in Swahili and it like, but yeah. it was still beautiful. Like it was a really yeah. cool picture of something representing king, the kingdom yeah. on earth. Yeah. And yeah. so Where, I don't know, like, it just feels like there's yeah. such a, I don't know. Um, like I like both of those environments. Yeah. I guess. Where I've, where I've often gone with, with, with that is, you know, the the local church has to be faithful to its call. Um, <clears throat> so if if I am in in a city like Nairobi or Nakuru, mm -hmm. uh, it's 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 a cosmopolitan city. It just does not make sense to have a my people only church. Mm. You know, uh, so if if I'm in a if I'm in a part of the city and I'm surrounded by every Kenyan tribe and a few uh, people from different nations, then this is their father's house. It is meant to be a house of prayer for all nations. Uh, then, if I move further out, deep into the country, uh, and 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 then I'm doing church in a way that excludes all of them. <laughs> and invites people from five miles away uh, you know and this is not the, uh, this is not neatly packed but i'm just going the church should be f uh, the church is called to bless the community um and so i i am very okay with with deep in the country finding churches that speak only their language because that's who is surrounding them yeah it's, and, a, it's a missional context right i mean exactly it's exactly and but in I the think city. That's, really, that's important for the U.S. I think sometimes to hear too, and I this may be controversial. Maybe I'm ignorant on this too. I'm I'm super open to being corrected on this. But I have had multiple people here in the U.S. who are people of color remind me because like when I remember when I was pastoring in Wisconsin. Uh, so Wisconsin mm -hmm. is is uh, where right. I live. Were no people of color there? It okay. was like in fact, mm -hmm. when we talk about diversity, I used to joke and say, yeah, our diversity was Catholics and Lutherans, you know, like, we yeah, had, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like, yeah, like there were there were there was one um, family in uh, in our community that was um, that were they were from India. And so, like, mm -hmm. I had I felt like a responsibility as a pastor to really befriend them and just become friends. Mm -hmm. and I love Indian food, so I ain't going to lie. Some yeah. of it was selfish yeah. in nature. Curry. I, like, hey, I, yeah. I got to have some of that curry. Yeah. Uh, but they but they to this day. Uh, they're still, we still interact with them. I yeah. still have a friendship. They went back to India and, and we really did form a friendship and it was really a great thing. But in our context, there were, there were no uh, non-white people. And so I'd yeah. go to all these conferences that at that time was all about diversity. And it was like, I'd mm -hmm. sit there and I'd be like, man, I have no idea how to do this diversity thing because yeah. there's mm -hmm. no diversity. And so I found um, a, a, an African-American pastor friend of mine once said, Hey man, you, you like, you can't create people of color to be in your community yeah you cannot yeah like you just need to create a space where people if they did move in they would yeah. feel welcomed and comfortable yeah. and you need to love people and, and maybe you explore the diversity in other areas like for us yes. it might have been men and women's relationships and trying yeah. to encourage and empower women but yeah. um so yeah i think you're right and and i think there there is a bit of um it, I think it's important, especially for 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 um, 
white pastors and white believers who 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 are seeing where where things have gone wrong and they they want to do it you know do it right to not do it from a place of shame you know jesus took our shame you know because i think that can drive us into trying like you put it how do we create Mm-hmm. Some some black people to be in our church, yeah, yeah. you know. Like it's funny because when you think about that, it's actually kind of ridiculously hilarious. You know, it's like you can't create yeah. black people. So I was like, it's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, good, good you point. know, yeah. And, and I think I think that that uh, you know that that can be from a place of it's. I some some people start with genuine repentance. And and then they swing all the way to to shame and go okay I I have I have to do something mm. let's 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 you know genuine repentance and and then uh, trust the Lord you, you know be faithful to to what God has called you yeah the the the, the trouble would be if there were uh, black families in your neighborhood mm-hmm. and it's not even registering to you that they should also feel at home in 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 that church yeah and so so that's where i'd go with that it's like mm-hmm. yeah it, it it doesn't it doesn't help when it's when it's when it's out of oh you know shame or or, yeah. or guilt uh yeah well there's such a difference between because i what i'm hearing you say is you're not saying that there shouldn't be um, repentance that's that's um, fueling the the um, work, uh, so to speak. You know, because I do think that there's um, it's really a weird in some cases for me to be honest, because I I've grown up with um, people of color my whole life. Um, you know, like my my earliest best friend I can think of was a black black dude named Gary. Like when I was in kindergarten, I mean he was. Like I just didn't really, and I know this is the controversial thing. I didn't see color, but I just really didn't even fathom. Cause I, I know that when people say that, I know what they mean. And I don't yeah. agree with yeah. that because it's like, no, I want you to see, I am actually black, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But I, I just remember as a kid, because my, my dad's Japanese, my grandma's Japanese, all of my dad's, uh, my mom and dad's friends were, were diverse. Um, I really didn't start to have a sense of, of of racism until i was probably you know like 10 i started to become more aware of like oh actually there are people out there that don't like certain people of uh, and in my my context what i early learned on is i learned that japanese people and korean people don't like each other generally like that (laughs) no that's dead serious like that was a very clear thing to me uh, well if you study the history of (laughs) Of, uh, <laughs> Japan had some problems in uh, the early 1900s with every other country around them. I don't know if you are aware of that. But, uh, I missed uh, that. I missed that lesson in history. Yeah, like, and, and, and so like, what was always, but it was always said in this way. So my grandma worked in a uh, environment where almost all of the other employees were Korean. So yeah. she's a Japanese lady. She was born yeah. and raised in Japan, and then she married my grandpa, who was mm-hmm. American. Uh, but she, so she had all these Korean friends, and that was like a big deal. Was that she yeah. had all these mm-hmm. Korean friends because mm-hmm. normally they don't get along. But mm-hmm. I think in you know growing up in in Alaska, which is really a lot of people don't realize, Anchorage, Alaska is very diverse. There's there are a lot of different ethnicities there. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, you know my like my story of of of. Uh, discovering you know the challenges of 
in the church with race. Um, the one thing that's very interesting is that my church experience, though, as a as um, it goes, was mostly around white people, you know, because yeah. the vineyard's always been very friendly towards the white um, South, Southern California culture or vibe, you know, yeah. like our yeah. music yeah. is, you know, soft, you know, soft ballads. Uh, rock. Yeah. 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 You yeah. Know? Oh, I mean, rock. It was rock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, ballads. I don't even know. What they are, but, but anyway, my point being is that um, as I've, as I've been really, um, over the last 25 years, maybe thinking, because mm -hmm. I also, so then I, you know, I've spent, I don't know how many years basically in underground hip hop backpacker rap, mm -hmm. battle rap world, right? Like all my, mm -hmm. I was the only white dude at, you know, yeah. most of that environment. So, um, as I'm coming out of that in, in really focusing more on the church world, I start to realize, Hey, wait, well, there's some problems, uh, in the way that we are doing church maybe would be the yeah, way to yeah, build yeah. off of venters yeah. you know his his classic book um mm. but there but so there's so there's this like thing where i do feel like followers of jesus who have been in positions of influence and power and authority and have been controlling the conversation or creating the space we we like I think what you're saying is really helpful because you're saying we shouldn't do this out of shame because shame is never, ever a good place to come from. But it doesn't mean that we shouldn't have a sense of repentance and a sense of like, I don't know, um, sorrow. And because I, I am, I like I, I feel like when I hear um, some of my friends share their stories of what it's like to be black in America, it is so um like overwhelmingly grieving, yeah. grievous to me because I just, it's evil. I, I, I don't, and I know that I'm, I'm sure that in some way, shape yeah. or form, I'm part of the problem, but mm. I don't want to be. And I really just appreciate your, your thinking about how mm -hmm. we can, we can come from it from a place of repentance yeah. and we need yeah. to do that. But yet like we shouldn't, I don't know, like I can't create black people. That was really <laughs> helpful to find out, uh, you know? Well, uh, so, and, uh, 2000, 2008, Kenya had had really big trouble politically. I, mm -hmm. I, um, you know, there was we were very close to a, a civil war. Yeah, we, uh, well, my first time in Kenya was right after that election. Yeah, and you know, I saw burnt buildings, and I saw yeah, it was bad. and and I and I met people who were almost killed uh, yeah. due to and and people who lost their parents and things like that. Yeah, yeah it was and. And this is partly what, what what grieves me when I see some of the things that have been happening in the U.S. And I, I don't want to go into that. But um, in 2008, I, I had a very dear friend. Um, we were in high school together. And so at this time, it would seem that politically my people group was was pitted against his, 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 you know. So he and I walking. But the, this the, guy, and these would be would these be tribes essentially yes, yes, like that's yes. the background right you're from what which, which tribe are you from i'm luo luo okay yeah yeah and and so, so my friend was, was kikui yes yeah and, and we those, were, those we, two tribes historically do not like each other it, no it depends it, it's okay. always about politics they oh know, it is okay because right? is it true that out of the i think there's like isn't there 42 tribes in kenya 42 yeah some of the tribes don't like they don't like each other all the time, right? Um, no, it's or is it all every every political season you have no idea what alliances will form. <laughs> oh wow, oh wow, yeah. yeah. And so see, the, it's you gotta it's stay a on game. Your toes. Exactly. Oh, yeah, okay. So this year, that that particular season, we were on different teams or was supposed to be. But he and I right. 
<laughs> you know, I, I uh, this sounds so familiar to me, right? <laughs> so, he and I had been we were close friends mm. and so we 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 were in boarding schools so we were protected from all the chaos and finally we we're going home we have no idea if we will learn of any of our relatives that have been harmed or anything mm. and so there's a bit of passion as as we're having a conversation and i remember saying how could they do this mm. and what he heard was how could you people do this? Mm. And in that moment, it's like we both became aware for the first time that we were of two different tribes. Mm. So at some level, it's, a, it's, it's, it's an easy sin for the human heart. We just easily find a way to you or they. And it takes the form of tribe often or, or race. Uh, and, and so when I, I started learning of my own prejudices. So I, I, you know, I, I want to talk from my context a bit, you know, because, because when I hear people say that, that, that they aren't prejudiced, I'm afraid they, they don't want to sit down and, and look, you know and ask God, search me and try me. So mm. I started learning of my own prejudices. Mm -hmm. You know, what did I mean by they? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, what had been passed on to me from for generations that I hadn't clearly thought through? Or one, one time I'm walking in the middle of Nairobi and this shop is blasting music in, in a certain tribal language. I'm like, ah! this is a cosmopolitan city. Why would you do this? <laughs> Play then, some Wu-Tang. Play some yeah, Wu-Tang. Exactly. That's, that's what you're saying. I got you. Exactly. Well, and at that moment, I, 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 I feel this was the Holy Spirit. And he said, if they, if they play, were blasting music in French, you wouldn't have complained. So partly, obviously, that's, that's also, a, a, like, if it's from Europe or the US, it's fine. But also, it, 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 it told me that it wasn't so much that this music was being played in a cosmopolitan city. I had prejudices I hadn't checked. About that particular language exactly. and tribe. And, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and so when I hear people say, I don't have a problem with that, I feel I, I, I'm, I, I don't want to just generalize, but I, I would, I'd probably say, hold up. You really want yeah. to sit down. Yeah. Because we, we know what we know. We, we have family. We, we're socialized in a certain way, yeah. even in church. You know, if you went yes. to a predominantly white church, mm -hmm. it said something to you. Yeah. Uh, and and it, so it, we it, it, shape, it shapes us. I mean, that's kind yeah. of like the, the, so I, I was going to say, I didn't get, I didn't finish this thought is how, um, like I have not met, anybody in my life who's like hi i'm a racist like, <laughs> exactly I, no I, like no one and and exactly. especially right now in the u.s every on one hand i do think that the like racism card is played so much now where if you say anything wrong people are so quick to like you're a racist and yeah. then cancel culture gets out and we just you know like they get deplatformed they're not on twitter anymore they you won't ever shop at their business or whatever it is you know um and so it, like on one hand, that peop, that accusation gets thrown out a lot, 
I, I do think that that's true. But yeah. what I also think is true is that I have yet to meet someone who is is self-aware of their of their biases, prejudices yeah. and racism. And so like part of my story, what I was going to say is, you know, I when I was growing up uh, and I came I came to this conclusion, I think sometime maybe around 20 or something, um, 21, 22, I started realizing I was like, oh, so. I don't think that I have any biases and, and it certainly may not be in, in relation to like um, black people, but I did have biases and assumptions about certain people groups out there just because they were just, that's just what I just assumed that that's true, you know, and, uh, and especially around Asian, uh, different Asian groups. Like, you know, seriously, like, cause I'm, I'm. That was a bigger conversation. Yeah. Like I, it was. Yes. It was interesting because I was like, well, I'm 25% Japanese and I'm very proud of my heritage in the sense that I love my grandmother. I loved growing up around um, Japanese culture. Like I've, I've just was very fortunate to that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, but I was like, oh, but because of the influence of people in my family and people in those networks, um, I, I had assumptions about Chinese people, for example, that I, that were actually not true. They were also uh, biases. They would be a form of racism. So again, yeah, I think yeah. for anybody listening, it, it, like that's the humility thing is that it, we may not, we're not aware. Like, we're not yeah. aware of our biases and prejudices until someone shines a light on them. Yeah. And, um, and also ask the question, like, I love what you just said, like the, the prayer, you know, creating yeah. me a clean heart, oh Lord. Yeah. You know, and, like if there's anything in my in my heart yes. or any words on my mouth. Like, more, yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, so and you know, um, I think the there's someone who who I was reading from who said, you know, the problem is when we label things, mm. we know when we label people, we no longer deal with the person. Mm. Um, you know, so so if if we were having a fight and and I decided that you're a fool, then I no longer see Luke. I then start, well, I'm dealing with a fool, you know. So dehumanize those uh, people. Exactly, exactly. Every time we label people, we no longer see them. And so even push it to people who 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 are, uh, are very uh, racist. Yeah. Uh, they are a term I use uh like I've struggled with like there's there's like liberal progressives there in my yes. this, my thinking yes. my thinking okay yeah <laughs> there's liberal progressives yeah. there's democrats yes um, there's centrist um, yes. There's conservatives there's republicans yeah. and then there's trumpsters yes and and i i can already um yeah there's those labels don't necessarily yeah. help yes the moment and and yeah. the reason we use labels, just it's a human thing, is we we're trying to justify to ourselves a reason for not not treating you how deep deep inside I know God would want me to treat you. Mm. So you know, because so you know, if we just perform this experiment, you know, how how much racist attitudes do i need to have to be called a racist is it 50 percent? is it you yeah, know is i've it, heard i've heard it right how much yeah. racism do you have <laughs> right uh so it's all of it it's it's every moment in time asking the holy spirit show me and and if someone shows it to me you know am i ready to go you know what i am wrong and 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 I, I need help, 
you know, uh, some of it needs needs Holy Spirit work and some of it, Jesus is sitting down saying, listen to that person, listen to their story, take their lead. So I think it's a bit of that. It's a bit of us recognizing that it's not about, well, I, I, I didn't, uh, I don't have a, the Confederate flag. No, it's, it's, it's as even a hint of it is worth repenting. You know, it's, it's as racist as all of it. It's like as racist um, as having a Kenyan flag right behind you just to rebel. <laughs> well, did you realize there's this other one? I oh, change it oh. depending on who I'm talking to. You have, you have two of them. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so, so, so it's, let, let's, it's, oh, it's unhelpful to hear people. Really quickly, really yeah. quickly for those yeah. of you who are not watching this on YouTube, Edgar has behind him a uh, what I could see was a Kenyan flag displayed, but right behind it he broke out a. Well, you have a British flag. He I also have the Union Jack. Yeah, this guy is okay. as multicultural as they get. <laughs> he's only got he's only got three flags, but <laughs> <He's got> three. <laughs> yeah, English, American, and Kenyan. So. So you know, no, that's not the English flag. That's the Union Jack. Better oh. get your countries right. I'm sorry. I apologize, <laughs> to the Queen. <laughs> yeah. Well, so so you know what I was saying is, let's stop this defense of I'm not racist. You know, I'm not like no. It, it doesn't need to be eighty percent for it to be bad. Even a hint of it is is worth grieving over. And when we do that, then then we realize that we all have work to do. Yeah, because it's easy it's easy for a group of people to feel like they've done all the work. Adam one did a did a podcast some time back, and I got this line: "You know, I am the problem. I am changing." If we adopt that attitude, then we stop seeing certain groups of people as more racist than we are it doesn't need to be a hundred percent you know yeah, yeah so i have no problem if 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 i acted in a way that had a lot of tribal prejudice or a little tribal pre prejudice and someone walked up to me and said that was tribal i need to repent i i i, I it's not about well no i'm not i'm not a tribal no i'm not i'm not a tribalist no mm. at that moment i've been given an opportunity to repent mm. and then on the flip side as long as we just label 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 then i stop you know even i had a terrible experience with with a missionary coming into kenya uh and i'm a, you know as african as they get I will, I will never raise my, you know, I, I rarely raise my voice and I'm like, mm, mm, you know, I, and I also like to listen. So sometimes I don't quite agree, but I'm just going, it's just dinner. What, what harm will it do? But I remember having to tell this guy, stop, you know, it, all the, oh, it was as terrible as it could get. But then, so where I'm going with this is, if I quickly run into labels, then I stop looking at this person, how God actually sees them, even with the prejudices they they have. Mm -hmm. So, what does it look like if we if we develop a way of not labeling? You know, 
and so I don't even know how then we call each other out because I feel like that's that's a, a responsibility we have as believers to call each other out to be called out. You know. Yeah, Can and I wonder if I wonder if you know because I'm thinking of. Um, you know, the unique, what I think is beautifully and unique about having you on this podcast right now for Black History Month is that you um, are are African, not African-American. You are African, yeah. Ken Kenyan, yeah. right? Um, yes. You know, but I, I can already, I could, I think that the danger with that, if taken in a specific, because I, 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 I really think that there are some people, um, some white people who would hear you and say exactly um, there yeah. are racist black people and there's racist Mexicans and there's racist yeah. Asians and there's um, and, you know, they need to call it out, too. Like I, I've had this this conversation before um, where yeah. it, it's it's like and that's what they would they want to say. I've had this conversation with multiple people where it's like we just need to get rid of labels. It's I'm not a black Christian. I'm not a white Christian. Yeah. I'm a Christian. And And on one hand, I think. What you're saying is really important because you're talking about identity being like our again, our allegiance and our identity is through the kingdom. So like yeah. I don't like when I and I truly do like when I think of Edgar, I don't think, um, you know, like, oh, there's a black guy named Edgar who is from <laughs> yeah. Kenya. Like yeah. I, I don't I think Why of, did you do I, a British accent when you did that. Uh, oh, I wasn't really British. That was just it's more Trevor Noah. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, he's from South Africa. I'll leave him alone. Um, but you know, like I think of my friend Edgar, who is uh, who loves Jesus, who is a pastor I look up to, someone I respect, someone who I'm very grateful to know. Like I just I think of it in relational terms more so. Um, but I also don't want to discount the fact that I value your voice as an African, as yeah, a black yeah, person, yeah. as a, you know, uh, as yeah. a younger, younger yeah. leader, not as wise as myself, but trying really hard. Uh, you know, he's he'll get new, there someday. New, you know, someday he'll get there. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I think that there's, there's perhaps there's African-Americans as well as Latinos that would want to say, Hey, listen, um, yes. However, part yes. of who I am in my ethnicity yes. is who I am too. Like, yes. I don't want you to discount and not label me in the sense of like recognizing that I, um, I have a particular cultural context and oh, particular yeah. ethnicity, right? Like, is that, and that's not, yeah, no, that's not what I'm saying. I, I am African and yes, you are. My, yeah. Oh, it's sorry. not my, it's not my primary identity, but it is one of the things God so fit to make me. Yeah. So I don't want anyone telling me you're not like other Africans. No, mm -hmm. you know, when you when you when you have white friends, they go, oh, you're not like other Kenyans. No, no, no. I am. Hold on. I stop for a moment. You know, That's actually you actually had somebody say that to you. Yeah, well, it's it's weird, you know. Yeah, that, that's you know, super I, weird because I yeah. think you're like you are. That's why I like you. I like Kenyans. They're all like so yeah. friendly normally. <laughs> well then they i wouldn't tell you what we say about you when you go no, no i've that's... no i've actually recorded it i've secretly uh hidden can't no that's so why why would what, why would what would what does somebody oh, mean help me out with that i just yeah here is the problem when when god confronts us when we have prejudices like these people are like this mm -hmm. and then we meet someone that doesn't that that isn't that oh, that's gotcha. God, you know, when we have negative uh, stereotypes mm -hmm. and then we meet someone, usually it's, 
it's it's a very small group that started anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like someone someone who's with education or uh, I mean, even language too, right? I I I know people who um, <laughs> this is this is so uh, like exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. I had I have this friend. Uh, her name's yeah. Kathy, and um, mm-hmm. she's in a wheelchair. She has yeah. a disease that. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, I think it's, I don't know the technical term, but it's like brittle yeah. bone disease. So her bones mm. break very easily. So yeah, yeah. she can walk, but she's, she's in a wheelchair for the, mm. for the majority of her, you know, movement and whatnot. But um, I've noticed, and I, we used to always make fun of this. I noticed when people would talk to her, they would talk to her slower and they would speak louder. And yeah. I saw it one time and I was yeah. like, I did not, I was like, what? Cause she's as smart as anybody. She's yes, as quick yeah. as anybody. And I was like, oh, that's really like, so the assumption that people have talking to you is that you are slower or you're not cognitively, uh, you know, um, in the same world as them. uh, And so they speak slower. So like, is that what you're talking about? Like, because you're articulate, you speak English well. um, Yeah. Well, some of that. uh, uh, Yeah. I don't know. Some of that, right? Okay. Or or just oh I like how you think or whatever and so you know let's let's do a, a bit of those two so so then I don't want someone oh yeah so I was saying when we when then someone meets me and they I think then God confronts all their prejudices and they mm-hmm. have a choice at that moment to repent or I have a choice at that moment to repent uh, and often people take this easier road of no this one's a different kind of black person Mm. no that's you know so it's not it's not when i talked about when i talk about labels i'm not saying uh our identities Mm -hmm. uh i i i mean more like uh negative labels you know like luke is racist the moment i label why is that why is that the the one you go with (laughs) I got there's somebody out I'm there calling you out, Luke. Repent. Someone out. Someone's gonna like clip that little right there, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, see, I was listening to Edgar, and Edgar, and said he it. said it. He knows yeah. Luke. Yeah. No, I, so, I, that's helpful. No, I, I think this is yeah. really important because, yeah. again, I think people that that's the concern I have with. Um, well, I don't even know how to even word it. Uh, I'm probably gonna say it the wrong way, but like, there's. At times, I've had people share like a link to a black person or a person of color saying yeah. something that they agree with. So it's like, see, even yeah. a black person agrees with me. Therefore, I'm right, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and they they basically use a person of color to further yeah. their political agenda or their ideal ideology. And so, um, you know, I could see people taking what you're saying the wrong yes. way. So yeah. I think it's really good clarification. You're saying, yeah. hey. Um, labels that are going to um, I shut guess. down the conversation. Yeah, even. yeah. No, that's very you helpful. Very helpful. Yeah, and and especially uh, especially um, um, among believers, like I think, and and I've met some some people who are quite unpleasant um, in their racial worldviews. So I, I, I love your. your <laughs> I have, I have, yeah. Trust me, the 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 Brits trained as well. We we, you, <laughs> we you say know. these things quite subtly, but you know, and and, and I and even more last year with with how important these conversations became globally and for the church. Mm-hmm. 
I was aware that if any of them were, say, to come to Trinity the Vineyard, they are God's people and therefore my people, mm-hmm. you know. And and um, and anyway, another just s- small. So I, I guess that's that's where I go. I go with it, like. Mm-hmm. Don't don't take away who I am. Don't don't explain it away. Don't don't. Um, and where do we go with? And and then let's not let's not uh, decide degrees of it. You know. So if someone thought the 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 story you gave when when they were talking loud and slow to this lady, I don't know where that comes from. It's obviously broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's assume anyway that this is all this person knew that anyone on a wheelchair has a hearing impairment, which is weird. <laughs> you know, I can't, uh, say it now. I can't even say it now without laughing because it's so dumb. Uh, right. So anyway, so how do we meet them there? Mm. Uh, I, I think it's ridiculous and stubborn if they still do it. Yeah. Yet I also want to recognize that this could be his entire worldview. Yeah, this could well, be. And also, too, it's also if you think about it, like we're so quick to jump to the conclusion that 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 person is being biased or racist or whatever. It may also have been in that in that example, which is not probably a good one with race. Yeah, uh, but yeah. like it could have been someone trying to extend. Um, kindness and hospitality to ensure that someone could understand them, right? Like, yeah, it wasn't in in the case I thought, but I'm just saying, like, eh, could have been. Because what we we need to to move towards is, uh, so a little about something I've been thinking about um, missions, you know, it's it's easy to go, well, missionaries uh, made a mess in Africa. And, you know, they did fact right fact. Fact. yet they they own they did what they knew we we all kind of work from what we know and, and god i can also, be, the beautiful thing is that god has also used the like the terrible the mess we make right yeah i mean it's 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 the that's grace that's yeah. the beauty of it like yeah. it doesn't give it a rubber stamp of approval and we need to critique it and we need to push yes. back against it we need to yes. change it but it's yes. also beautiful that god uses broken vessels i mean that, yes. that yeah. is yeah so it's 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 a call to humility to those who to those who are, who are who are uh tasked with the with the with calling others to repentance if i could put it that way to realize that they are not exempt, you know. So, mm. in realizing that, even as we talk talk about missions and say, "Hey, do your due diligence, learn and ask about the culture." If I came to um, uh, California, where you are, I will make cultural mistakes, no matter how much I try to learn, you know. Uh, so, th- there has to be a bit of grace towards each other. Mm-hmm. And so, if I th- if if I extend that argument to even the the race conversation uh a call to a, a, a like a clear warning to everyone because there there are we have to call the church repentance but it's easy to then think we're exempt mm-hmm. you know that there, there are white pastors yeah. who are calling the church it's easy then to then think we're exempt no we will also make these mistakes because we mm-hmm. grew up, we we have a certain culture a context that we grew up in 
so so instead of just dismissing Luke because he made a mistake when he came to the national conference and go, oh, that guy does not like Africa. Did, did you whole entire did you, like your whole entire leadership team have a conversation after that? Like, let's evaluate. <laughs> let's what never call him back. Yeah, it, it's 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 how do we go? Oh, by the way, Luke, uh, you don't have to do this. You know. Mm-hmm. You might have thought that's what, but you don't have to. It's it's me recognizing that you're my brother in the kingdom, and because what we don't want is for 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 people to be so afraid that they will make a mistake that they hold back. Yeah, mm. for people to be so afraid to engage with with communities of color that they hold back. I think the that truth that's is a, you will think, make a mistake. Yeah, I think that that's something that would be really fun to um, dive down that a little bit in the future too, because I do think that there's a lot of well-meaning, uh, probably probably not just white people, but people for in my you know from my perspective, it seems like there's a lot of white people now who are really don't want to be racist. I mean, you yeah. see that conversation a lot more. They're, they're like, I don't want to yeah. be, and so there's almost like a um, yeah pulling back, but also like. Yeah, an unwillingness to even participate. Yeah, yeah. So and, and so there's like, yeah, like a like a. I'm just gonna avoid that. I'm yes. just gonna not go to Kenya because yes. I'm sure if I go there, I will do all I the will. wrong things. Yeah. I will yeah. say the wrong things. I yeah. will, you know. So, be a super so, American. so yes, <laughs> yeah. So th- th- there is obviously some some ill motivated people who who have there's a there's a demonic thing happening where they are boldly saying we are better than them you know that's shut that Demon. down you know yeah. yeah evil yes yet there are there are just genuine followers of jesus who are aware of this and mm. and they're pulling back and i think god is saying no be bold about engaging mm. and and be ready to repent don't don't for a moment think you will not make a, a cultural mistake, both in an in a in a context of reaching out and working with communities of color or receiving mm. mission from communities of color yeah. or coming to missions in uh, in Africa or receiving missions from Africa. We will make these mistakes. The thing about being family is, you know, Luke can sit me down and say, yeah, you may have seen this in Hollywood, but that's that doesn't happen all over the US. <laughs> and I can sit Luke down and say, yeah, that was not written well in your American history books. And we laugh together mm-hmm. and and repent, you know. Uh, so I guess that that would if if there's anything I want to say today would be, you know, believers shouldn't hold back from joining the the mission of jesus out of fear or shame just be just be very quick to to repent not if but when mm. when when some of this stuff shows up in your heart mm. uh, yeah well wow, that's fantastic hey um edgar it's been such an honor to have you on um and so i want to say a couple of things um first um Thank you. And I, I just appreciate your friendship. And I'm I'm always like uh I just I'm so grateful that we can just catch up like whenever we chat, you know, text or whatever. It's just like, hey, we're yeah. back into we're back at it. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, 
Yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward to. I've t- mentioned I'm cannot wait to go back to Kenya as soon as I'm allowed into your country. <laughs> it may be a while, uh, but um, yeah, but I, I really am looking forward to um, being in your country because it's such a beautiful place. I mean, it's one of the places that I still consider you know like home away from home. Um, and I really appreciate, you know, your thoughts and, you know, in this, this month of February, you know, which in the U S we're celebrating black history month. I, I just think it's really cool to have somebody who is from the motherland, you know, I mean, you know, having someone who is, is from Africa and lives in Africa and who's also been to the U S and been elsewhere, uh, just a great, great, um, honor to have you on. So I'd like to propose that, um, in some near future time, there's going to be a, Really cool announcement that happens. Can't say anything more than that about you. And we'll have you on again. And I'd love to to dive into more uh, more stuff with you. Um, but hey, listeners, thanks so much for uh, for listening. And also, if you've been watching this on YouTube, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen. Feel free to hit up Edgar. Uh, he's on Twitter. He is on Facebook. I've got links in the description below. And uh, again, thank you so much. And we will talk to you soon. Edgar, is there one, you've already said a really brilliant uh, thing for the very end of uh, this podcast, but is there anything else you'd want to throw out there uh, to the listeners and viewers? Peace. <laughs> That's That works for me. All right. Peace out, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Love you guys. Woo!